from KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Green Bar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. For one final time here on Sports Open Line, we come your way from Nashville, Tennessee, and the baseball winter meetings. I guess technically it's still the baseball winter meetings. Really, things are uh, wrapping up. There's still a few things that are uh, continuing on, but for the most part, uh, things have wrapped up here in Nashville, and it has been a very, very very quiet winter meetings, not just for the Cardinals, but really uh, industry-wide. The biggest story is the apparent trade of Juan Soto to the Yankees, but that's not yet official. Uh, should be official at some point in time, assuming all the medicals come through the way that uh, the Padres are happy with them to uh, to come through. But that's the uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. It has been a very, very quiet baseball winter meetings, and uh, the Cardinals are going to uh, leave Nashville looking very similar to how uh, they were when they got here. The big changes, the news of the day, Yadier Molina was officially announced, and this certainly was not a uh, shocker. Uh, in fact, John Moselak joked around a little bit that uh, this was the worst-kept secret in baseball, but Yadier Molina was officially announced as the special assistant to Moselak, and uh, his role is continuing to be uh, defined on what it's going to look like for him. And uh, the Cardinals also made a selection in the Rule 5 draft. They get uh, Ryan Fernandez, a right-hander. He'll come over from the Boston organization. Again, if you're not familiar with how the Rule 5 draft works, uh, essentially he has to be on the major league roster all season long. If the uh, Cardinals want to send him down, they have to offer him back to the Red Sox. So uh, they he's a hard thrower, swing and miss guy, uh, something that the Cardinals could use uh, some more of, and we'll just see whether or not he's able to uh, win a spot on the team come spring training. So this is what we're going to do today. We're done early. We are done at about uh, 6.45. We will make way for Slew Billikens basketball. They've got a tough one tonight. They are in Des Moines for a game against Drake, and uh, we'll see how they can do as they'll try to get things going. Uh, Slew's 5-4. and four. Drake is 7-1. and one. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr., they've got the call of the game, 7 o'clock tip, so our coverage will begin at 6.45. So we've only got about 30, 35 minutes left in the program. We'll take an early break right here because I want to go through everything, uh, not everything, but almost everything, everything that John Moselock had to say today, uh, getting into a few different things, including uh, is there disappointment in the way the winter meetings went down with it being so quiet? We'll try to answer some of those questions when we're back in uh, just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We are live at baseball's winter meetings in Nashville, and we roll on in just a moment right here on KMOX. This KMOX Major League Baseball Winter Meeting Report is presented by Goodwill. Give hope, give local, give Goodwill. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. We are in Nashville. Baseball's Winter Meeting. So I'm our broadcast location is kind of in this, um, it's almost like an auxiliary ballroom type area. And uh, we were 
uh, all the managers had media briefings, and there's a couple little podiums uh, in here where those happen. Those are empty. And then a lot of us that brought uh, broadcast were here as well, like Marquis from Chicago. Uh, the uh, Oakland A's cast was here. Uh, the Athletic and everything they do from a broadcasting standpoint, all in this room, which is fairly large. I'm the only person in this room now. Everybody else has packed up and headed home, and uh, I am all alone. And that's okay, because I can – sometimes when there's a lot of people in here and you're speaking loudly, it's like, eh, should I be speaking this loudly? Uh, yesterday was funny. There was a TV guy who was trying to do a stand-up and didn't know that I was about to uh, start the show. And uh, it was the start at 6 o'clock hour or 7 o'clock hour. I start talking right in the middle of their TV stand-up, and I don't think they were very happy with me. But such is life at uh, baseball's winter meetings. A programming note for you. Tomorrow night, during this uh, time frame, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, it'll be the first edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show here on KMOX and across the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne and myself will have you for two hours every Thursday night, and uh, we've been putting together the show as we've been here at the uh, winter meetings. Uh, We have a lot in store for you, uh, including a conversation with Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel, and uh, Claib sits down with uh, Harold Reynolds, so that's going to be coming up tomorrow night, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, a jam-packed first edition of uh, the Countdown to Opening Day show. So Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock, uh, met with us each of the last three days. And sometimes you get to this final day and there's not much to talk about. There really wasn't much to talk about overall throughout the uh, duration of the winter meetings. But there was uh, a little bit of news. So uh, a couple hours ago, we uh, got one more media briefing uh, with Moselock. I just wanted to go through some of what uh, he had to uh, say as he met with us before heading back to St. Louis. And as he opened up the media briefing, he just kind of gave his general thoughts on what happened over the course of the last three days. Honestly, I don't have a whole lot to update, which is probably shocking. Um, you know, I think the the one thing we, when we came into these meetings, we were hoping to just get some clarity on what the trade market looked like. I think, <coughs> excuse me, we have a better idea of what that looks like, but we don't feel we're at a point where we are ready to make a deal. Um, and we're still trying to get a better feel for what might actually be out there. Because I do think there's some fluidity in this market because teams are, you know, may do something that may open up something else. And so um, even though we were hoping to, to do something this week, I, I don't know if that'll happen. And, um, you know, we as a organization, we reminded ourselves that, you know, there's still plenty of time to work on this. So we're not just going to rush to say we did something. And, you know, in regards to looking at how we can backfill for additional um, bullpen work, we're still focused on that, still talking with people, and we'll see where uh, these paths lead to for us. Moselock went on to say that at this current moment, there just are not a lot, a whole lot of uh, deals to be made. If we felt like we could do something in either one of those markets right now, we probably would or if we felt like we got something that we were excited about, but we're just not there yet. 
So what I thought that was interesting that uh, he said that there wasn't um, a whole lot out there at this point in time. So I asked him uh, whether or not he's at all surprised maybe by the asking price, whether it's the asking price uh, via trade or the asking price uh, for uh, for somebody on the free agent market. Specifically, I was thinking about relief pitchers because that's the area that we know uh, that they have to target. I don't even know if I have like pure a real picture on what the free agent market is looking for yet. Like, um, you know, we're not dabbling all across it, but there are things that I think are still trying to get defined. So I don't know how to answer that question. And then trade talks, again, we're not like trying to trade our whole team. There's a couple guys that we're listening on, and we'll see where that goes. So, yeah, that's where they're at uh, here uh, at this moment. All right, one thing that um – that's kind of the dark cloud that is over this entire baseball winter meetings for so many teams is the expected decreased revenue because of the bankruptcy of Bally Sports and just the model changing when it comes to regional sports. This upcoming season, Cardinals games will be televised on Bally Sports Midwest as best as we can tell, but in all likelihood, that's going to be it. They've already said in their bankruptcy filings that they are starting to wind down the business. So uh, that's a that's a 15-year deal worth like a billion dollars that all of a sudden is just going to uh, go away and every team is dealing with some, every Bally team is dealing with some version of that. But Moselak did say that the RSN situation isn't actually having a major impact. So so really from a Cardinal perspective, it hasn't. I mean, we understand that that um, they're, they're, we're facing a revenue decrease, but in terms of like how we've approached our payroll, how we've approached our, our roster building, it has not affected us in any way. Um, I mean, obviously we were pretty aggressive in the starting front. We still have um, some funds available if needed, whether we want to use it in the free agent market. And so it is something though that's not really being talked a lot about. And I am sort of curious how the off season does play out, not necessarily for the St. Louis Cardinals, but just you know, the other 29 teams and how it may or may not affect their decision-making. All right, so let's um, let's get into some of the news of the day. Uh, the news, again, the news in air quotes, right, because we all knew this was happening. The Cardinals did officially announce that Yadier Molina is rejoining the organization. He is going to serve as a special assistant to Moselock. Uh, in the release, Moselock said uh, that he is going to help out at the major league level in addition to us uh, spending some time with minor league teams. So we got the chance to uh, talk to him about it, and uh, Mo said that it's really good to have Yadi back in the organization no matter how involved he is. It is exciting, but like I think... Again, like we did talk to him about a full-time coaching position. I think he was just at a point in his life right now. He's just not ready to commit to, to that time for time work of, of demand. And so, you know, look, he's a he's going to be a red jacket. He's going to be a Hall of Famer in the big league or major league Hall of Fame. And he's a he's a I mean he's an icon for the Cardinals. And so, you know, over the last week or so, just we were ironing out like what would the job would look like and I suppose that's really your question and and so yeah he's going to be a resource for Ollie at, at the big leagues he's also going to spend some time at the minor league level um, and it's not necessarily just going to be like catching specific but you know that will be um, his forte but if he can help pitchers and, and even you know spend a little time with coaches and, and just share some of his wisdom and experience and that's really the point of it and 
the one thing that you know we agreed on was like you know we're going to go at his pace and so um it, it's not going to be something where where i'm going to be demanding a certain amount of time per month it's really going to be like you know what can he contribute when can he contribute but i can tell you i think he's excited about doing this and i'm glad he's back we continued on with the conversation about uh, Molina and really what his role is going to look like with the Cardinals. He's definitely invited to spring training. He certainly wants access to working with the major league coaching staff because you know he's curious. He wants to learn, and he's also ambitious. Like there's going to be a point in his life where he's going to want to be a manager. I thought this was interesting because you know one of the things about coaching and managing and leading when you've been a player. Uh, especially when you've been a high-level player, it's hard to teach and coach what you did. I was always impressed with Mark McGuire being a hitting coach, but at the same time, Mark McGuire wasn't a great hitting coach for, for power hitters. Mark McGuire was a, hit, a great hitting coach for uh, guys hit for average. That, it was, it was, you know, he was a student of the game and a student uh, of hitting. And you know Barry Bonds made an attempt at uh, being a hitting coach, and it didn't go especially well. And you know, Some guys it works out, some guys it, it doesn't. But it's not just this automatic thing that because you played the game or even played the game at a high level that you're able to coach it, that you're able to uh, teach it. When you think about Yadier Molina and you think about all of his uh, – positive attributes about just who he is and how he played the game very few players have had the feel for the game the way Molina had and Mozeliak isn't real sure if that is actually something that he's going to be able to uh to teach in this role I don't know like if that's an easy thing to teach um it was obviously very innate with him I mean he did it so naturally but he was also a guy that studied. I mean, he he did a lot of work to get to where he was. So, um, you know, just learning his work habits and how he approached things, I think will be a big help for a lot of people. Did you see, you've known him since you scouted him and drafted him. Did you see him grow in a teaching way as a leader? Like things he-, he was always a teacher. Like okay. he, if anybody was ever, I don't think you guys had access, but like 7 a.m., He'd have all the catchers, yeah. you know, from rookie ball on up, and he would work with them. And so that was just a natural thing for him to do. Like, he just took it upon himself. And, you know, I think part of that was uh, his father ingrained that in him. And I also think uh, Dave Ricketts was a huge influence on him. And so the combination of his dad, probably arguably his, arguably his brothers as well, and then Dave, I just think it just it's a very natural for him to teach something i was curious about because mo has known molina for a really really long time and we can sit here on what is it december 5th december 6th and talk about what his role is going to look like and how often he's going to be there and he's not going to be a full-time coach and it's going to be on his schedule and he's made this decision because he wants to be uh, around family a little bit more in puerto rico and i'm not trying to dismiss or minimize any of that that is all incredibly important but this is a guy who has been in the game of baseball for a really really long time on an everyday basis until this past year his first year of retirement and baseball is a lifestyle when you work in baseball when you play baseball if you are involved in the game of baseball it is very much a lifestyle and something i wondered was 
we can sit here in December and talk about him spending you know time away and, and limiting how much uh, he's going to be involved. But once he's back into it, once he's in the grind, once he's in a major league clubhouse, once he's back on the field, once he's doing all these things, uh, does does Moselak think that maybe he's going to catch the bug and all of a sudden uh, he's going to be around more often than not? I think we do have to some level have to have a governor on him because the part of why he's not going full time or, or 100 miles an hour now is because he's trying to balance family. And so like. The last thing I want to do, be the one is like, you know, advocating or pushing for more when we know what we agreed upon. So that's the probably the biggest news of the day, Molina coming in. I think it's going to be really good for the young. And we heard Mozeliak talk about the fact that uh, when Molina was a player, he would get all the catchers together at 7 o'clock in the morning during spring training do some things. Molina essentially was serving as the Cardinals catching instructor at spring training. So that that, that ability to just teach and to want to teach, it is, it's already there. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what that looks like. But I, I just think that as he gets into the season, even if it's just one trip to each affiliate, if he spends a little bit of time at AAA, a little bit of time at uh, AA, a little bit of time at high A, a little bit of time at low A, maybe goes down to extended spring training a little bit and works with guys there. If he can really get involved with some of the young catchers in the organization, just young players. It doesn't even have to be catchers. Uh, I'm excited about him being involved in game planning. That's with all due respect to his ability to help catchers be good fundamental catchers. I would be potentially most excited about his ability to help the team with game planning and things like that and working with pitchers. Uh, that is something that I think uh, could be a, a really big part of his role. And we'll just see what it looks like. Uh, Moselak did mention the fact that maybe there could be some front office responsibilities in there as well. He does have the special assistant uh, title to John Moselak, so he might be able to investigate a number of different avenues in the game of baseball, and there might be some front office stuff. At the same time, uh, Mozeliak indicated that they don't want to overwhelm him by putting uh, too much on his plate here in the early going of his uh, post-playing baseball career. I, uh, I I struggled with this a little bit because, look, we're here, right? And everybody's here. The entire baseball world comes together for the baseball winter meetings. Uh, every Every major reporter, and then all the teams have their, you know, various uh, reporters come in. It's just everybody's here. TV networks are here. There's so much focus. Like the game has a spotlight on it, and in a perfect world, things would be happening. You've got the spotlight on the game, and just to help grow the game, you would have a lot going on. We really didn't have anything to report on over the last three days, and I think reporters lamented that because uh, this this is an event that historically, not recently, but historically has resulted in a lot of moves being made. It simply did not happen this year. So my contention would be that it's not good for baseball when you have a situation like this. Maybe, maybe I should rephrase that a little bit better. I think it would be really good for baseball if, if you could have these baseball winter meetings, if you could have all this attention on this event and then follow that up with lots of stuff going on, that would be good. 
Is it bad that it's not happening? Maybe it's not bad. Maybe it's just sort of a neutral situation. But everybody's here. It's set up to be something. So as someone who kind of cares about uh, the game of baseball and cares about uh, the, the the continued growth of the game, uh, I did ask John Mosellock if he's worried about that, if he would like to see a situation where somehow, some way, they figure out a way for more things to be happening over the course of these few days. I don't really weigh in on that. I mean, my responsibility is, A, be advocate for the game, promote the game, but also build a team and win. So, again, information and all these things are going to happen, right? It's just not having that, quote, maybe your pace or your radio station's pace, but it'll happen. I mean, like, a little patience will help in a world that has no patience. KMOX's pace. That's that's. We were the one radio station uh, that was represented uh, in that room, and yeah, we would have liked for more to have happened over the course of uh, these few days, and simply it did not happen. Last thing from uh, Mo Ryan Fernandez was selected in the Rule Five draft. He comes over from the Boston organization, a uh, big, strong right-hander, a uh, guy who throws hard, ninety-eight, ninety-nine guy who strikes out a lot of guys you look at the course of his uh, career over uh over a handful of minor league seasons 252 strikeouts and 216 innings played at three different levels this year single a double a and triple a was uh only had two games at uh, single a was absolutely dominant six strikeouts and three and a third innings uh did not give up a uh, a run he then uh goes up to double a makes 14 appearances with a 1.77 ERA, 26 strikeouts in 20 and a third, and then he hits a bit of a wall when he gets to Triple A, where he pitched to a 6.16 ERA. However, uh, some of the other numbers still look uh, pretty solid, especially strikeouts, 35 strikeouts over 30 and two thirds innings. We've talked a lot about the Cardinals' desire and, and, and bluntly the Cardinals' need to have more swing and miss out of their pitchers. That is something that they don't have a lot of. They got a little bit better with the starting pitchers that they added. Don't have super swing and miss guys, but it's it's better than what they had before. And this is just going to be a process. We heard that yesterday from Oliver Marmel, where he said when you focus on, on changing the way your pitching staff looks and you want to add something specifically, you can't just do that overnight. Uh, so with Fernandez being a Rule 5 guy, what has to happen is he has to make the team out of spring training, and then he has to spend the entire season on the big league roster. If he doesn't spend the entire season on the big league roster he would then be returned to boston uh but mosaic was asked about him and uh made it clear that they uh like what they are getting in fernandez we do like his pitch profile we do like some of the horsepower um and uh i think the biggest thing we know is physically will he be able to hold up so but we do like what we that's why we did it obviously just the velocity yeah but even his pitch profile we like so that was John Mosaic. just some of what he had to say today. Again, he talked to us for about uh, 30 minutes, and 
Uh, that's just uh, just a sampling of what he said. We'll try to do another uh, podcast tonight. If you've uh, the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed, hopefully you're familiar with it. Uh, what we do on a daily basis is we uh, take the uh, various uh, media sessions that go on here and we cut up the audio kind of like we just did and, and go through it. We just do it with a whole lot more. Yesterday we did about uh, 40 minutes of uh, audio between uh, Mosellock and Oliver Marmel. Also, we got a little bit of Mike Shilton there yesterday. So uh, we will attempt to uh, have that for you uh, this evening as well. Might be late into the night, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that out for you as that will be the uh, final edition of of uh, cards cast from the baseball winter meetings, uh, but certainly check that out. Even yet, there, there was a lot of stuff yesterday. Probably, uh, if you haven't heard what was said yesterday, you might be more interested uh, in that because Oliver Marmel spoke, and also because uh, we were able to um, to uh, get some of uh, Mike Shilton there as well. If you want to chime in, we've got just a few minutes left in the program. We're going to wrap up early tonight for Slew Billkins basketball. Uh, probably don't have time for calls, but if you want to get some text in here on anything that uh, John Mosellock said and your reaction to it, we'll welcome your text messages and your tweets. If you want to text, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you text into the program. And then if you want to tweet at me, you do that at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We will take a break and have more in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We are live at Baseball Winter Meetings in Nashville here on KMOX. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line, our final segment of the program from Baseball's Winter Meetings in Nashville. My name is Matt Pauley. Tomorrow we do have uh, Countdown to Opening Day, our debut edition of the show for the year. Mike Claiborne and myself, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, uh, with uh, things that we have collected here in Nashville. So make sure to be tuned in coming up tomorrow evening. Uh, I, I've got this rule, that I, and I think if you listen to like the post-game show I do after Cardinals games, you've probably heard me say it. If you call somebody a name, I, I, I dump your call. Like we just... I want a certain level of civility when it comes to uh, programs that I'm involved with. That that goes to the text message line as well. I look, I I understand people who are frustrated with John Mosellock. I get it. Uh, the team has not. The team had a horrible year last year, like a historically bad year last year, and playoff success in recent years has haven't been there. And the, a lot of that comes back to Mosellock and the roster that he's putting together. Uh, so I'm I'm not trying to dismiss the frustration that exists with Mosellock. Sometimes I feel like all the good that he has done uh, with the Cardinals gets way overshadowed, but also it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type world, and what they did lately was they had a really bad season last year. But if you're sending text messages into the radio, calling him names, maybe you need to reflect on yourself a little bit. Like, that's just... Again, so I, uh, the way that I don't let calls on that call him names, call people names, not going to read those text messages as well. I will say one thing because there's frustration about the Cardinals not making moves, and that is here at the winter meetings, and that's going back on Mo. Well, you know what? Just it, it, then, then ever you should feel basically that way about every GM or every president of baseball operations because it was just a slow meetings, just a really, really slow meetings. All right, that's going to do it for the program today. Slew Bilkins basketball up next. They're in Des Moines. They take on Drake. 
Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr., they've got the call of the game. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, with our debut edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show. Mike Claiborne and myself will talk to you tomorrow right here on KMOX.